Welcome to the Grappling We See exactly. Grappling Rewind Podcast. Welcome to this week on the Grappling Rewind Podcast. In this week's show, we are going to recap uh, Jonathan Wilson versus Andrew Tackett on Combat Sports. We are going to recap the sub-only series submission on the shore, uh, headlined by PJ Barch, John Combs, and a 16-man bracket. We're also going to recap Rise 9, uh, Jason Round, Devontae Bones Johnson, do a little bit on Fight to Win as well, and uh, preview Toro Cup uh, 21. As always in the show, I'm your host, Maine. Do my co-host, Josh. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing. You're doing good? <laughs> yeah, I am doing. I, I, I can't complain, I guess. Can't I'm, complain I'm a either. Little beat up. I'm trying to I'm we're still again, new podcast set, still trying to get it all organized and reorganized. Used it for some other stuff this last weekend and so uh getting everything fixed for us. Main fucking doing doing man, I'm getting back from vacation. Stuff. That was great. Vacation. Wife went out wife and I went to Niagara, did some training, talk about that in the outro. Um do we have any news this week? Did anything I was out of the country on vacation, uh and and I don't want to get a giant internet bill, so I didn't do a whole lot outside of the hotel room um, on vacation. I don't think so. We finally had, we're starting to get some brackets, and I'm, we had a discussion today. Brackets? You just mean Not like the bra- full release of We are starting to there. figure out who is going to be in ADCC yeah. 2022, and uh, holy shit. I cannot wait. Some of those pictures. Dude, some of those pictures. Just seeing all of those guys, and you're like, wow, that's going to be... It's so be a good with with keys office. So it's not not really news, but we had a discussion today internally in grappling around in our big like chat that we have. Uh, I basically posted a picture of the eighty eight kilogram division. I think the caption was "fuck picking this one," and uh, it we went through. We we're starting now to figure out how potentially they're going to be bracketed. Um, if you know ADCC, they typically do not like to have rematches unless they are in the finals, unless they were like a long time ago and there's no other options. They put teammates into the first round at maximum the second round normally now the second they normally do them the second they used to do them in the first round but if there's three people like Atos has at 88 somebody's gonna go against each other in the first round and then in the second round um and so basically it turns into this wild uh it's not even a guessing game it turns into a wild game of basically pick and choose based on the rules of how it's bracketed who is going to end up where and you can essentially for some of these figure out what a portion of the bracket's going to look like so over the next coming weeks uh, as we get closer and closer to september for the world championship for adcc we're going to be playing that game internally um, and i always have a lot of fun playing that game so other than that i don't think we have any other big news did we have any other big announcements or any other people that were that we didn't have prior that have now been announced for adcc any dropouts I don't think so. Was Hinger always in it? Yeah, Hinger, because he's a medalist. He was a medalist from last year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, by the way, next couple weeks, you're going to get a lot of that from us. I was like, was this guy in it? Yep, he's been in there since, uh, like, we had a discussion when Tim Spriggs dropped out. Like, when did he get an invite? Back in February. Um, Or when we talked about Pedro going, I'm guessing, up to 99 from 88? Maybe. From the previous year, yeah. So, again, ADCC is 98 grapplers. Uh, we occasionally make we occasionally make mistakes on like who was here and who was where when and what division. Yeah, Josh, we had Josh from some great uh, corrections from last week's show. Again, if you have corrections, follow us on on Instagram at Grappling Rewind. DM us if we say something wrong. We typically want a pretty tight ship, but occasionally uh, we will make a fuck up or two or forget about a rematch or something like that. Um, so I have no other. I mean. I think that's about it. Yeah, there's really no news this week. What do you want to start with, Josh, this week? You want to start with the spiciness that what, was... Uh, whatever. Pick okay. whatever. Like, so, there's so much stuff. So we only have one, we only have one match to recap for Combat Sports uh, sports Coverage 4, which is an event. We don't really cover them usually, but they've they really made some big improvements to their production from the last time we talked about them to this time. They had a really, really exciting match that was Jonathan Wilson versus Andrew Tackett that actually Wilson was able to win by knee bar. And Josh and I just rewatched it we, we, before the we show. We watched the finishing sequence probably like seven or eight times. Yeah. And we were just discussing what he could have done to possibly get out. But we were also talking about how and maybe this will come with age, not with like mad experience. The kid's got a ridiculous amount of experience. Yeah. But he needs to slow down. Yeah. And that's like sometimes that quick transitioning it, or like that. It seemed to get it. seemed to be catch him up. The thing that caught him up here because yeah. he had a couple of things. We saw him. There's one particular moment that um, he has. 
uh, Jonathan in a reverse triangle. So reverse tri- triangle from the back, not reverse triangle. Triangle, yeah, triangle from, the, from back. the back. And triangle from the back is something that we really only see escaped a couple of times a year. It is almost a dead ringer position unless someone is ridiculously tough. Um, women will see escape it more, but it is an uncommon position that we see people escape from because it is so hard when someone locks you down there. And we saw Andrew Tackett decide to kind of transition through well, a series he of triangles. Got, like, wiggled a little bit because he went to fold in half, which, which is my what personal opinion, like that's one of the the best ways to to finish it. Yeah. Because you basically fold the shin underneath their neck and you've pushed their face into it and then they can't breathe and they're getting choked and they have to tap, plus it frees the shoulder up. Yeah, but he like transitioned and kind of fell off and had the triangle locked on the opposite side of the first. He had a reverse triangle as a... Oh, God, this is always so They call it a reverse triangle because, I mean... So there's like six triangles. It's the leg going the wrong way across the shoulder instead of... The top le- instead of the leg keeping the neck down going horizontally, uh, it's the one that's going to end up vertical. So yeah. instead of being that outside 90 degree, it becomes an inside 90 degree. There we go. I'm using my brain. Um, and those are a little bit harder to finish. They're but then really he hard got into the triangle position, mm-hmm. but he was so like off kilter at that point that he couldn't hold on to it mm-hmm. and, and jonathan did a really great job again throughout the entirety yeah. of the match up to the finish like was really on the defensive and and was able to play a more defensive game and andrew he capitalized match, a lot on andrew wanted to keep moving keep moving keep moving keep moving yes. and if andrew was not getting there was a moment where he andrew's on the back for a while he threads in the arm for the rear naked choke. He doesn't have hooks in. And then he kind of like, meh, doesn't really like where the hand position is and just lets go and just starts to get the hooks in. Stab like, the hook in, works yeah. a positional game as opposed to kind of setting in that choke and being more grindy. And again, again, not sure if that will come with age, but it was just interesting tactically to see because Andrew Tackett throughout the entirety of the match was very much in the driver's seat with both submission offense and positional offense. And then in this final sequence, Jonathan being very, very defensively minded in sort of a scramble out from a back take. Yeah, he pops out like the back door and trying to get somewhere. And at first I thought Tackett was going to try to dive over and go back for his back. Mm -hmm. Which is a really common thing you see when someone basically ends up almost in a low X guard. Um, Somebody will jump over the hips and end up on your back when you're trying to roll under them. Yeah, but he just like stopped and Jonathan kind of kicked him forward a little bit. And at first I thought Tackett posted on purpose like as a transitional point but it seemed like he got knocked forward and he used it as like i'm going to catch my balance and then wiggle out and then i'm going to stand for, back up and readdress the guard or readdress right. the single but it could be a single leg x or any sort of other transitions to kind of keep top position there and not get swept over he was trying to stop the sweep from getting swept over and jonathan did a beautiful job of grab the he had bar. the outside leg and then as tackett went to step over grabbed the inside leg, and rolled under. This is one Watch of my this. favorite knee it's bar It's broken off of the main video. It's like a seven-minute long, seven minutes and 13 seconds. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it. Um, watch that, and watch that finishing sequence. It's right before the six-minute mark of where he finishes it, and you can just see the little transition and the little grips that he uses to grab it. Yeah, camera angle like, great for it. It was. There were there were definitely some times this weekend where the camera angle was not good <laughs> as every weekend. Um, but yeah, really nice. You're getting awesome victory for Jonathan Wilson. Kind of come a come from behind victory in a big way, but extremely good knee bar. And again, sometimes again with an active player like Tackett, you have to counter and look for those single opportunities. Um, I'm very curious to see if we continue to see Jonathan. I think we've we've covered him before. I think he's done trials. I think we've we've seen him other stuff. I'm not sure if we've covered him in depth on the show before, but I'm very curious to see if he can leverage this into basically additional super fights. Well, here's we, the other thing too: is events like on. doing this like on a week by week basis. At least you like you have a rotating cast of supporting characters Definitely. that fill in. But at a certain point, you start to feel like, oh, these people should never lose ever. Yeah. And, and you kind of get shocked when you're like, oh, it was super oh, shocking he lost. this weekend. Or so it's, it's like you, it's so 
how the show works in my head, I mean, this is kind of a peel back behind the curtain, is we have a rotating cast of probably 220 people in the grappling space that are professional grapplers or like people on the rise or on the decline that I... 220, you think? Yeah, I did the math. I, any, I did the math and I, I basically, well, it's like, and there are people that we they were familiar with, but we have about that many. Are we talking Nogi or Gi as we're well? We're talking people in general, in general. that we cover okay, on the show reasonable. and I break that up by IBJJF divisions, by basically the top 10 or so people in the divisions. We have 18 divisions overall. We, I know about 10 people from each division. Some divisions are a little deeper. Some divisions are less deep for 80 CC time come. I know all of those guys and typically the last three or four people that they've beat. And so there's a general level and a general like host of people that are in the professional space that are at the top highest level. There's about 200, 220 that fill out the ranks there, folks that we cover on the show. So when we have new people come in, it's always exciting to see like where they fall out in that huge kind of cast of professional grapplers that I try to keep kind of locked in my head. Um, and because we keep track of that many guys, or I try to in my head with some okay note-taking, uh, sometimes it falls apart. And again, sometimes... You have guys that you're not as familiar with, like Jonathan Wilson, that punch up into the guys that I'm more familiar with, like Andrew Tackett, and can get submission victories, get wins, and then you go, oh, this is a guy that I now need to keep an eye on more so than I was before as more of a peripheral guy, as a guy in that slot to know that when he is booked onto the next thing, oh yeah, he has that win over Andrew Tackett, look out for his transitions from the bottom keep so that we can, him, yeah. we can keep an eye on him. So yeah, it is, uh, I did, yeah, I did the math, but it's about 220 um for worlds it expands a little bit and then for adcc it shrinks down because we it's typically very... we typically go way more into depth and miranda's working on some stuff now for like pulling names and pulling records so we have ability to bracket and make picks come adcc so we're starting that now um, but it pairs down to about 100 and probably 60 come adcc because we have to b- pull all the guy, well, the people, which is 98 people for ADCC. And then we pull usually the last three people that are not in ADCC that they have competed against. And it's a, it's a process. That was makes a mouthful. Me, makes me very tired, Josh. So very, very excited to see what Jonathan Wilson does. Great performance here um, in the counter there at the, for the knee bar. Let's move on. Let's move on to, let's do, let's do Rise 9. First. Let's talk about some of this Rise 9 action, man. Rise 9, finally on Flow. Used to be a Fight Pass event. Uh, now on Flow. Might have been on Fight Pass. Might have been on Flow for this. I think this is second. Maybe Rise 8 was also on Flow. But Rise 9 was historically an event out of New York that ran on Fight Pass. Now on Flow. So I thought it was always on Flow. It it has bounced. It used to be, uh, it used to be on Fight Pass. When I, you guys went to it, was it on Fight Pass or was it on Flow? I didn't, did I go to Rise? I didn't go to Rise. I went to Kasai. Oh yeah, that's right. Kasai and Third Coast. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Both New York based events. That makes sense. Um, yeah, it was on Flow then. I thought you guys went to the one in New York. You and Emil. We went to the one in Dallas. Oh, okay, okay. We went okay. to Dallas for Kasai and went to Houston for Third Coast, and then I've traveled a bunch for Judicio now. And I'm yes. gonna, it, it gets confusing. Went to Vegas. Yeah. Went to, yeah, it gets it gets confusing. So let's talk about this. Do you want to start with the finals or do you want to run through? Let's run through it. We're not going to go like too deep into any kind of uh detail with the quarterfinals we'll talk a little bit more when we hit the semis and then the finals yeah uh so in the quarterfinals you had jason rao defeating luis cabrera via heel hook uh, mateo martinez defeating adam uh Colorado. is that it yeah mm-hmm. i guess so via shoulder lock uh bones johnson defeating al bruce uh Tuev via key lock and from the fucking mount in like, dude, he finished an Americana from the mount. He's a big boy. Dude, that's okay. That's one thing that I noticed in Devante's entire run was like, every time I see him, he... This was absolute, by the way. This is open it, weight, it, it, yeah, but open he can, weight. he just over... Even at trials when we saw him, he overpowers guys in a way that I don't think people are ready for or used to. Like, was he it, is... Was it Worlds... Nogi Worlds or Nogi Pans where he just like... Uh, I know it's just like stomping guys. Yes. And it, I think it was pants. Uh, Might have been world, but it was one. Yeah. One of those, one of those two. Where like Devante is an athletic freak and he leverages that against people in a way that you do not expect. Like we do not see 
I don't I don't remember the last time we have talked about you know like a pro level card that had an, an Americana finish like bones can you do some special you don't stuff. see it a lot just because I mean it if you think about it, it's kind of a hard move to finish. Yeah, mechanically, because the guy can pull in the shoulder. But the way the, the way Devante here controlled from mount, he climbs up really high. And like and he's been playing that mount for a year now. We see him At all least, the pro events. Yeah. Like, that's how he wants to play. And then he just drives his hips up. He postures up really high, and he just with his fucking arms, like arm, like just with the Americana with the arms. It's. I it's remember seeing wild. seeing him as like blue. I have. We have, well, an interview with, I, we have an interview with him on the Grappling Ground YouTube page when he is a brown belt still at one of the fight to wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing him as like a blue belt and being like, this kid is terrifying. Mm-hmm. And and we were right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, absolutely. Let's go into some uh, super fight action because that broke up between the uh, quarterfinals and the semis. Yeah, but uh, we have Rene Souza also defeating oh, Enrique, Enrique, Enrique Galarza via fast okay. escape in EBI overtime. I hate overtime. Not a big fan either, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, AJ Deshani uh, went to a draw with Dan Pizzo. Uh, it was really a high paced match. Pizzo hit quite a few double legs on Deshani. Uh, Deshani was doing what he's always done. We've covered him a bunch, mm-hmm. we've I've commentated, commentated on I've his matches, matches live. Yep. Um, def- was throwing like flying triangles as Pizzo was on the ground. You know, always good to see. And again, as Miranda brought up the other week, he just opened his uh, MMA and BJJ gym, uh, Droogs, I think it's called. Yeah, Droogs MMA and BJJ. Nice. So good for him to still be out there and also like running the school. Yeah, so. opening a new school. I and mean, we 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 know yeah. plenty of people then that's a massively stressful process. Yes. So props to him. Uh, then we had Fatima Klein defeating uh, Sofia Cassell via fastest escape time in overtime. This the regulation of this match was a lot of fun. It was oh yeah, it was super dynamic. A lot of a lot of attacks on both sides. Good train. I, I like this match because you had a good interplay between really really engaged leg locks and like long standing leg lock defense, and then you also had a lot of top position work from both people people and some back. It was like it was a jujitsu match where you saw. High pace everywhere, and it wasn't just we're gonna fight for the legs. It was you see it a lot with the women. Like they don't, yeah, they tend not to, especially nogi. They tend not to just sit around and do nothing. Like they try to kill each other. Yeah, and it's fantastic to watch. Yeah, this is all. It was yeah. This was a lot. I had a lot of fun watching this match. Tournament semifinals. Jason Rao defeated Mateo Martinez via his fastest escape. This match was a barn burner. These Mm -hmm. two were just like going after each other, like. Rao a few times had like the like banana split position, not an electric chair because that's more the like top. Yeah, um, he had like the banana split position, trying to go for the back and everything. They both had their leg entanglements. Rao had an arm triangle briefly. Like from the, I was I was surprised he was on top high, again high mount got over on it and then just wasn't able to finish. Mateo was just like Mateo mm, just could just, get out of. Like just not gonna, was just good. not gonna tap. Just was... calm, collected, and got out. Like that was that was surprising to me because Rao, I think that was Rao Rao's had a really, really good finisher, really good top control. Yeah, and he's a really good finisher. He's, he's a, a guy, really good finisher. He has an amazing knee bar game, but also when he tends to lock on guys, like when you see Rao drop off for a sub and then like lock it in, he normally finishes he normally it. finishes it. Yeah. So that's why I think why this sticks out of my head so much is you see you don't usually see Rao commit to something. And then have someone escape off of it. It's an uncommon thing to see. Well, here's the other thing is like um, he didn't even really allow the body triangle to get that escape either in overtime. Like uh, Austin and I were talking about it uh, the other day and it's like just not allowing the triangle to happen and turning into it or lifting up the leg to, you know, break from this to this sorry you know this happens every i I know but it's it's this because you're really tired it's way more josh is moving around josh gets fidgety and then he moves away from the mic and so i have to go fix a bunch of stuff in post (laughs) so the more fidgety and tired josh is the more he tends to move around the more i have to go like i gotta get a better mic for him he um he just shifted and didn't allow it and then he locked up his own body triangle and held martina uh mateo there for like 12 seconds because that's all he needed to do to right. 
win the overtime. Ra- Rao's got a crazy body triangle that yeah. he's got very, very long limbed and leverages that very well for EBI style. And events. then uh, Bones defeated Rene Souza via armbar. Yo, this was quick. He just jumped mm. on it, attacked the arm, attacked it Kimura style. Souza kept like trying to pop out, was trying to come underneath. He uh, Bones eventually transitions around and just like nabs up the arm bar. It was maybe a minute long. It was it was like a minute very, and a very quick. And again, this is another match where you just saw the I don't want to say the gas tank, but just like the foot to the gas speed. Like I'm going to overwhelm you with like speed with and size. Like and you could, size. You could see like the size yes. difference definitely. And you and you saw Bones like in you're seeing Bones Bones impose that now in his game where he's like I am lifting this much in the gym. I am getting this strong and I'm he's starting to leverage that into his technique now and you watched him get bigger and bigger and stronger and now it is it's a very different style of grappler now where he it's he's not relying on it. But he is now using that as an imposing skill that he has on people, and he's getting them out quick. And it, it was just really interesting to see versus Brene here how he did that. And he just like with with the quickness here. Uh, moving on to that, we went into uh, Super Fight where we had uh, Ray De Leon defeating uh, Matteo Maldonado via fastest escape in overtime. Again, you know, here at the Grappling Rewind, we hate overtime. It's Not- silly. Not our favorite. Again, the, Although the it wasn't like it wasn't a bad match. Like no, the it ma- was very the match back itself and forth. Was awesome. Very we like high race. Again, we've been covering Ray 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 for since the Brown Belt forever for a year, probably for a since long five time. years now. Yep. Um, it's just overtime. It just rewards being super defensive. Mm-hmm. Like, and it not w- that these guys were, but it normally it rewards people that are super defensive that don't expend energy because then you just hold on and you're like, oh, I win. Mm-hmm. It's or you know you get the the stuffing beat out of you for fifteen minutes and then you hold on to the that, guy for longer. That's why I like what the finisher finishers has the rule, like the Maliwap rule, where it's like if you if you are overwhelmingly dominated in the regulation, we don't go to overtime. I think I think um, for the qualifiers for Emerald City, they do it as well now too. It's a new rule that they've kind of implemented. And I I Good. appreciate that it's like hey, it to. if you can't if you don't put up in regulation, and I. I Dude, I if hope you, that if more you event, just more get waxed done. in that first yeah. 15 minutes and then they're like, let's go to this. And it's like, yeah, you're more exhausted because you beat the hell out of somebody. Mm-hmm. It's like if Pedro Mourinho, like when they hit that 25 minute mark, they were like, stop. Now take Gordon Ryan's back. Although Gordon didn't look tired at all. But it's like, oh, here, take his back. And um, now here's your chance to potentially win after just getting beat up for the past 25 minutes we've set our piece on ebi go back and watch when we used to I cover digress. more ebi ebi events um speaking of overtime renee souza took the uh, third place defeating mateo Mar- martinez uh via fastest escape again i love overtime it. i love it when they do third place matches like i oh no I, that's great i wish that any any bracketed event like do a third place match please i get it sometimes it's like oh you have two teammates where they'll be in the third place spot and it's like okay maybe they won't do it but nah man i think you should fight super for fights the fight for third man like yeah I, he's, every other thing does it i want to see a fight for third i love fight for third renee souza takes third place here uh, on rise nine um title after- match really quick mm-hmm. joe uh, mugni defeated thomas doyle via triangle to retain yep. his light heavyweight championship pretty so when they said on the broadcast, I thought he said featherweight, and I was like, I don't think that guy's a featherweight. And then I went back to the beginning, and I, said, and I heard the announcer, light heavyweight. I was like, that sounds more correct. Um, yeah. I mean, it happens a lot. So he, did, he didn't say featherweight. I just couldn't hear when oh, he, put okay. the, he put the belt but around sometimes him. You end you end up doing that where you're like, oh, you know, this featherweight match, and you're like, uh, they were ultra heavies. And it's like, you, you get what I mean. Yeah. Close enough. Uh, very fun again. Locks up a locks up a pretty quick triangle. Um, very nice finish and retains retains his title again. I love that. I love when organizations have a bracket for a title belt and then also have a returning champion on the card. I just again, I hate seeing organizations have a title and then cool guy had a title. He's never defended for six years because you're only running brackets. I like seeing doing things like Rise does, putting your champion back on a card for a super fight. You know, and keep that champion active in your organization. I like when organizations don't let matches go 99 minutes and then film it in a broom closet afterwards. 
Hey, dude, the outro, Josh, we can talk about that. <laughs> you haven't said your piece about that yet. Anyway, uh, uh, end of the night, uh, the finals, Devontae Johnson defeating Jason Rowell in the Openweight Tournament Finals via Arm Triangle. Couple of, couple minutes. Dude, Devontae. Dude, he's getting, re- he's getting ready for ADCC. This is this is what you do. You're doing a tournament Dude. before the the possibly the biggest tournament of your life. The biggest tournament, tournament of your life. The biggest tournament of your life. Well, who knows? Maybe like, but of of his life so far. So far. So far. ADCC is the biggest tournament anyone has ever been in grappling, ever, ever. So it's the biggest tournament ever. Devontae's getting ready. Dude, getting ready for it. Devontae hit a guard pass here that was. Wild, like Jason Gar- Jason Rao regards, and then Devonte just jumps past, scoops the long side underhook, and just like flattens. Goes to the mount, climbs up the mount, crazy, climbs to the top, and just just this, forces it. This, He's just yeah, like gimme, forces it. He just goes, yeah, I'm gonna be here. I'm just gonna like push you over. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna get us down. This. I'm gonna take. It was he bullied him. Wild. And again, you saw the difference. Devontae is definitely the bigger, stronger dude. I mean, Rao isn't a small guy, no. but... Rao's 190, probably, right? Is he 190s that big? I don't know. He's, I can't say for sure. Whenever I've seen him, he's always very, very tall. And then always, like, I have a hard time with tall when you're people. you're tall, and I'm like, how much do you weigh? And they're, oh, I'm 240. I'm like, no, no, that's yeah. not possible. So I th- for some reason, I think Rao was 190. He could be a welterweight. I think he cuts the welterweight. Um... Again, I don't want to speak out of turn here, but Devontae looked visibly bigger and stronger, and he leveraged that in a way that we he are did stu- it to everybody. He we're, was like, I'm just going to beat you up. But we're seeing him do that now, and it's a stylist. Like, we don't see many people do that. It is not a style that we see kind of be successful at the top if level. If you're in Gordon Ryan's division at ADCC, you better be getting fucking strong. Yeah. You better <laughs> be trying to beat the fuck out of everybody because no. this dude is just going to. Because you got to fight. You kind of got to beat him like with athletics. Like I'm just going to try to be a better athlete than you. You, you got to because I'm not going to be a better technician. So you have so to do Devante, a whole lot more. Devontae gets on still. top. Uh, beautiful arm triangle setup. Levers it over. Falls off. He, he tries to finish her from mount for a while, and eventually Jason Rouse like, bro, I'm Jason Rouse. I'm real, real fucking tough. I'm a Sarah Black belt. Like, I'm not going to just tag me from mount. And you see Jason Rouse, and I love the defense here, because he does the answer the phone a little bit, because he's trying to make any space. Then he does the thing where you grab your own arm, and you try to, like, leverage your Force own out, arm. Yeah. And I was like, by the way, that is a gangster defense, because it buys you a little space, but it does, it like, it buys you a little less choke, but it doesn't make it any less tight, and it's super hard to do. And it's it's honestly, you're just like, oh, my head hurts now yeah. more. And you just squeezes, finishes, <laughs> and it was just like it was beautiful. It was wild. So yeah, Devonte is again. It's going to be cool like to see monster. him at ADCC against other people. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'll be cool to see what he does if he runs into Gordon Ryan, like. Yeah, he's a genuine like. As much as like you might roll your eyes or whatever about Gordon, or you might have your feelings like, dude, the, very, guy, the guy's very the good. pinnacle of no gi jujitsu. Like, tell yeah. me, tell me somebody else. Okay, nah, we're gonna see it next week. I mean, we're gonna preview Gordon versus Felipe next week. Um, it's in eleven days. Is it? Re- oh, it's midweek again. Oh, ew. Is it midweek? Is the seventh? When is August 7th? The 7th is I think it's a, a Friday. Is it a Friday? It's a, it's a, it's a Sunday. Sunday. Even better. That's decent. I'm wrong, then. So. I, I, I love when it's not on a Thursday. I love when it's on a Thursday, too, and it does go 99 minutes. <laughs> Josh, that, <laughs> All match right. is, that match is so bad, I'm still thinking about it. I we, thought about it today, eating lunch. I was like, God, that was a bad match. <laughs> moving, on, moving on to good matches. Um, and awesome production, by the way. Dude, the... So, Submission on the Shore, I think it's been renamed now to Sub Only Series, and this was the seventh event, but I always know this as Submission on the Shore. I follow it on Instagram as a Submission on the Shore event. That background throws me off so much. So, what it is, is, go watch the event, awesome event, Uh, PJ Barch looked fucking amazing. amazing. They did it like Jiu-Jitsu X does it, the studio has a big infinity wall, and it's a white infinity wall, and infinity wall is basically, um, it is a curve between the wall and the floor and on a camera you can't tell essentially where one starts and one be in one end. I mean like the horizon because the earth is round. Is that a thing? You know people would say that like 
flat earthers they're oh, like no, oh no. no idea i don't i don't <laughs> if you say that i just like tune i just like i literally will walk away i'm like cool but i just walk away like i have nothing i ha- i can say to you that will help but so i think it's a really ca- cool camera perspective here and i really loved it it also it's super props bright. to them as a, as a camera guy myself now slowly eventually after this, doing the show for all these years um i loved the amount of exposure they had it wasn't overexposed wasn't underexposed which is a really really big problem they did it in like a big really nice studio in la and it shows because it's it's like they had a great matte side camera that was mobile. It was like a, it looked like a streaming GoPro, which was in 4K or it looked like it was in 4K. And it then they really had a good. matte side camera and it gave us some really, really great shots. And it gave us some dynamic cameras like really, really close and you could see everything. It was awesome. I think I would love to see more events do stuff like theater style where the back wall is an infinity style wall because i think it makes it really really easy to see everything when you're grappling now is that like part of that actual place or did they yeah yeah it's part oh, of the okay. place so yeah the stu- i looked at the studio because miranda i saw you miranda guys found the studio it. and then we looked at it and it's part is studio one for this particular venue in uh Bur- i think it's burbank maybe um somewhere in california uh it's or maybe LA somewhere in LA and it's, it's this studio they put the mats essentially there in the corner of this infinity wall and I think it was awesome I, it just looks like super intense it again it's like it's really really bright and yeah. it kind of throws you off because when you watch a lot of grappling stuff it's normally very like dark it's dark and as fuck gritty. because lights are expensive and they don't want to well yeah don't get me wrong it's also hard to light like fight to win is a great job but they have an entire but they have overhead li- rig they have an entire and, yeah. lighting rig and that's you spend that's, a lot of money on that's that that's how you stuff. have to yeah. do that so most jiu-jitsu productions don't have the production for that that and shit so was it's bright it's awesome so let's talk about let's just talk about PJ Barcher's run unless just, you want to talk about other I mean he Wow. Um, Chris Woj- uh, Wojcik, I think. That was a rematch. Said. That was a rematch from that Trials. Was, he looked really good on the in-between. Uh, he had a great uh, straight footlock finish, like belly-down footlock finish. Uh, that was amazing. He beat Combs, you know, former ADCC competitor. He Barch did. F- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Barch um, did. He face-cranked him. He, he, you know, he, he beat everybody. He submitted... Four people in a row. Like, that is yeah. literally what's funny is on the TV screen that we're looking at. Is, that is the highlight. PJ Barch submits four in a row. Devontae Johnson submits four <laughs> in a row. Just like, I think it was only three. But. A three in a row of a eight man tournament. It's just the yeah. guys going to ADCC are really fucking good this year. And they are oh, all you don't say. getting in comp shape. And these, again, I really like covering these sort of events in the lead up to ADCC because you just see like guys get Everybody into peak shape. Everybody had an extra year I know. to get even better. It's wild. You didn't have to do like 2021. Like they were like, eh, it's kind of questionable. Let's push it back. Which was great because people just got better. Mm-hmm. And like you get to see all sorts. And he just looked amazing on this card. Yeah. Barch looked Just better like, than he has ever looked. He looked great at trials, looked amazing here. Again, he, the way that he finished John Combs with the rear naked choke, like underhook, the underhook control he had on Combs and the ability to control Combs' head, the ability to lock, like Barch looked calm in the finish. He didn't look frantic. He was he controlled Combs throughout the entirety of the transition, got him to his back. Locked in. And, and I was kind of annoyed with how this was bracketed because I thought Combs and Bart should have been on opposite sides. Again, those are the two guys that had kind of... There the, were some dropouts, right? I think... I, I believe, think that's what happened with the brackets. So. But again, I was really happy that we got to see that match. But that was the, the match. I was like, oh, that should be a finals match. They're on the same side. They're probably going to meet. They did meet. And then to have Bart... Again, Combs being a former ADCC entrant, a former trials winner... To have Barch have that level of control on him, that level of comfort, that level of, like, even in the transitions, be able to get ahead of Combs, stay out of the guillotine, stay off the wrestling, impose his own wrestling in the open spaces there on Combs. And Combs is a small, Combs is a 66er, not a 77er. Yeah, Combs cuts a bunch. Because he fought Kokorian in, at 66 in 2018 trials. No way. Yeah. Really? Because it was because Krikorian fought Combs. I Combs was seventy at sixty six. Then he fought Nicky Ryan, 
at West Coast Trials for 2019 and got Rainy Couture. He got Rainy Couture by Combs. He got Rainy Couture by Nicky Rod, Nicky, Nicky Ryan. And then uh, Kukorian got beat by Abate, and then Kukorian wins at West Coast. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, by the way, is how I remember that series. Is just like, guys that beat Kukorian and win. And then Kukorian fucking knocks it out there, and I, I loved it. Being Matt's side for that was one of the coolest moments of the year for me to watch Corian win that. So, but that's well, how I remember. Always been in like the finals. I know, just, and that's like. But that's like, how oh, I remember is place. like the guys that like were able to get Corian in the finals, and then him being there. So, non sequitur. John Combs, former trials winner. Barch looked amazing, but Barch is again a weight class above what Combs competes in typically. Combs might have been seventy-seven at West Coast Trials, but I don't. I do not recall. But he has previously been a winner at 66 for trials. So um That was really it for that one. Like yeah, that was great. the highlight. There are a lot of cool like matches on the in-between. Everybody again, it's no gi, so you're seeing a lot of leg locks, a lot of heel mm-hmm. hooks, a lot of straightful locks, things like that. You know, you just I like this event. This event was, oh, was yeah, great. John sure. Evans was on commentary. I thought it was really clear. I liked that they had the full name on the broadcast. It was like the timer Always on there. The production was great. I'm very happy that they're now on flow. We've covered them in the past, um, but I'm very happy that they're now on flow because I it's hope, easier to watch. Well, I hope this will push the production level for other events up higher. How do you get higher than that? You don't. But everyone, I hope everyone we'll shoots for the season. Like, hey, that's what we got now. And that's what it is. So, Barch, looking amazing, snapping dudes into the ground, just just all facets of his game have look improved. At, look at him when they're holding up his arms. Like, look at his, how massive his upper body is. In yeah. Like, he's, he's a big dude well, in general, but look how big his upper body is. You're seeing him put on all the mass from the injury he had. Like, he, had, he blew out his leg oh, at trials yeah. in 2019. That's and then he was right. off for almost a year. And then we saw him come back, and he Dude, he, he had to recover. And then we've watched him, even in the lead-up to West Coast trials, like, get bigger, get bigger. And, like, all his lifting he's done. I think Brandon Robb did a seminar with him. And, like, they talked about, like, the game and the stylistic, like, changes he's made to his game. He is He's not a dark horse for me, but he is a guy that is You're gonna definitely see some cool stuff from in him. the mix at ADCC. And he's a guy that he's going to let it all out in ADCC. And he's not going to – he's going to play a – uh, two swords kind of no shield game at ADCC. Oh yeah, he's and not going to play conservative. And at I am, all. I am. I think it's going to be full it. blown attack. Mm-hmm. It'll be so, great. So that was uh, submission only. That was uh, mission only series. Um, Shovel the shore. Uh, seven. Now moving on to fight to win two oh six. Uh, just one on the main event. We had we had a bunch of guys from Team No Sleep there. We had Brittany Elk, and I'm trying to pull up the. Uh, just go to results. Well, we don't have results right now. They should be up there. Are they up there? You keep clicking on schedule. Yeah, because it's going to be... It's the previous schedule. Here we go. Josh, fill for time. Hi, filling for time. Do they really not have the results up? No, they don't have the results. Anyway, like going into talking about uh, the final, it's always good seeing Brittany uh, compete. She's been competing a whole lot more which has been super cool because you just get to see the expansion of her game and what she does. Um, it was a lot of pressure passing or uh, pressuring in trying to pass from top half. Sarah was playing a lot of uh, half guard going for the inversion. And, you know, but that's where it kind of hung out for a lot of the, for the match. For the majority of the match, you saw. And then you see Sarah, like, knock her over knock Brittany over into guard, but Brittany immediately starts attacking Oma Plata. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah got out, tried to attack the back. Brittany sat through, and it's like not a whole lot happened after that, and that was near the end of the match. Mm-hmm. You, had so, one, you had the one submission. You had all the top pressure from Elkin for the majority of the match. You had the, the guard, And then you have the submission attempt on Plata. Even if even when Brittany got turned over there, she was able to very quickly reverse and get back on top. So... Um, that was that was pretty much. What was funny point. was like they announced her as the winner, and like you hear the crowd like boo, and it was like if you have to go by the rules, like she was winning, she was coming forward, yeah, she was trying to pass the I, entire I was, time. I was confused about the boos too. I I didn't really wasn't really sure if Elkin wasn't like the hometown. If the other person was the hometown or possibly, I'm assuming because that was a pretty that was weird because fight to win crowd is typically pretty good for that, and so that's why 
I was very confused because in my eyes, I was like, yeah, Brittany was on top, playing from the top position, working the passing sequences, and then like, had the really submission good attempt. The entire time. Yeah, she got swept over, but the sweep led to nothing other than getting caught in a submission attempt. Mm-hmm. And then, like, that was really it. That like, was she started to attack near the end, but it was that was it. Yep, that was the that was the match. So um, again, I thought I had the title. So we helped talk about this in the chat. Yeah, we were talking about it. We knew she won the title at a certain point, but because we knew Alcan had the brown belt title and then became a black belt, and then at one point took the black belt title and i don't know what weight class it was i'm not sure if the elkin was fighting in a different weight class here because there was a bit of a size disparity she between was the two. huge in comparison yeah. to sarah like looked significantly bigger yeah so i don't know if this was like a catch weight or open. i don't know what kind of what it was but this was not for the belt that elkin currently has and i'm curious to see now with that main event slot if we're going to see elkin back defending her title and again it's always cool seeing women main event i love it a card we also there was reese kilbrew versus seth daniels mm-hmm. you know and seth tried uh seth went for his kimura from the half guard uh did not work out very well for him and then uh reese just pressured down <laughs> um seth was unhappy seth was so seth basically if you know the, seth, if you don't know the rule the thing fight is to win, seth doesn't care seth goes out there and does everything he can do and then he goes Hey, I'm here. I'm Seth Daniels. If you are on Team No Sleep, if you are on Fight to Win, and someone needs a match, your ass is putting on no gi or a gi and going to fight. And I hate that rule now, but I'm that guy. Most so. like most of them will do that. Um, yeah. The only one that that I'm aware of at the moment in my running through that whole team that doesn't really do jujitsu is is Evan, who's the the sound and the lighting light guy. guy, the light guy. Yeah, you know. So everyone else does. Everybody else does, and props to him. But hey, props, <laughs> props to Seth for getting out there. And I uh, mean, he did it last week too. I know. Props to Seth for getting out there and uh, and like. Didn't he do it? Did he, he do does two it, matches? He did two matches, like not back to back, but pretty close. Yeah. So prop, the dude, just he's in there. Props to Seth again. I love it when promoters. We saw it on on um, Fury too. I love it when promoters go, "Hey man, I gotta save the show." Get my ass out there and like put your money where your mouth is. I love it. We interviewed Seth a couple of years ago when he t- and he talked about doing that. Um, I think off the record, I was like, I was like, hey, do you pay? Do you pay yourself when you win? He goes, hell yeah. <laughs> it, it, and and I lo- yeah. and I loved that because it was just like, yeah, he's out there competing. Like if he if he wins, like- we were br- we brought that. That's funny that we're talking about that because we brought up all those old interviews from when we yeah. Did, I was looking to, so this last week. Um, Let's do the previews and let's talk about those yeah, interviews yeah. after. Uh, I was pulling up some old footage and I found some, I found some funny stuff. Um, so that does it for Fight to Win. We have moving into the uh, recap section, or the, sorry, the preview section, preview for, section. Preview section for next week. Um, we only have a couple things. We have Fight to Win 207. This was 206. Um, we don't have announcements for that yet. I think Seth has another match. What? Double check. You know what happened last I time. Did. I, I, I did. I checked check. early. I checked early. We don't. We don't. We don't have it. Okay, so we don't have what's on there, but it, yes. it starts to roll out. Mm-hmm. Like usually Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, and then we also have Toro Cup, which is again on Flow, and we have a really, really exciting matchup for that one. We have Go Gavin. to entries. We have entries this time. Go to entries. Oh, we do. Ah, look at that. It got updated. Um. There's 45 matches. So if you don't know what Toro Cup is, we've covered Toro Cup for years and years at this point, kind of sporadically. Now that it's on Flow, we're covering it more often. Um, it's a charity event that runs out of North Carolina, usually for a local jiu-jitsu or some sort of local charity organization. They have some fire matchups. There's a lot of people that um, have been featured on uh, earlier Toro Cups that oh, have gone on to do like really big things. They usually have some pretty awesome like not made they're not technically main events but they are title matches that happen at some point throughout the card typically in the middle of the card uh this one is main evented by gabriel souza who's the current champion i think for 155 might be 145 uh, i think it's i think he's the lightweight champion for toro and he's going to take on gavin corbray who the younger brother of deandre corbray who they had a previous match that was very back and forth and very close gabriel and, and deandre not yes. gabriel and gavin 
So Gavin, again, I've commentated a bunch of Gavin's matches on Copa Virginia um, when he's been on those cards. I've watched him. I think I have commentated two of his runs on the pro events for them and done a bunch of interviews with him after he has won those. Um, He was at East Q's at West Coast Trials. Dude has been in making massive improvements to his game. It's been interesting kind of to talk about, talk to him in those interviews at Copa Virginia um, over the years of like, one day he won one of the events he won. He was just working his leg lock game in competition, and it was it's always an open weight tournament. And Gavin's probably pretty similar size to me. He's like a one one forty something, one forty one fifty five or at most. Um, and then another event he was working like back takes and working transitions, and it was it's been interesting to kind of interview him. And you can find those interviews on the Copa Virginia or Copa yeah Copa Virginia Copa tournaments YouTube page where we're interviewing him after both of his runs at uh, Copa Virginia. So, what do you think about this match? What do you think kind of kind of the dynamics between Souza and Corbray? Um Corbray's really rounded out his game recently and added a lot of tools. But Souza's a, a hard, fire hydrant. Yeah. He's hard to sweep, he's hard to go around. I'm not sure if Gavin will be able to I'm just interested to watch the match. Yeah. More so than anything like as I think that Gavin record, will pull I, it into the legs. I don't think I don't Sousa think Sousa will, allow, will allow it. And I that's think it's I'm, gonna be a lot of both of them trying to get to the back. Yeah. You think they're gonna stand and wrestle at all here or maybe a little bit. Yeah. Sousa is more willing to Well you know, I'm not gonna say that because you know what, like Corbury will wrestle too. Never mind. Yeah. Like they're both willing to wrestle. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of why like this is an interesting matchup for me specifically because both guys are very good everywhere and very willing to have a fight anywhere. So it's it's a really kind of odd. It's almost like the Rotolo problem where it's like, oh yeah, he like kind of willing to fight you. He has his preferences for sort of where he wants to go, but he is if you want to have a wrestling match, he's very willing to wrestle with you. If you want to have a guard battle, He's very willing to do that with you as a passer or as a guard player. If you want to go and entangle the legs and like play for footlocks, he's very willing. But they're both very willing to do that. I again, I think kind of back to your point. I don't think that Gabriel will be as interested in kind of playing a footlock heavy game with Corbray, um, and maybe the way that Who we've knows? seen in the past. But I think this this is a super tough one. I do want to pick. I want to pick Gavin because I've interviewed him so many times and I've covered, I've I've commented so many of his matches. The safe bet is to go with Gabriel. The safe bet is to go with Gabriel, and then you want to pull for Gavin. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what you need to do here. Cause like on the outside, you're like Gabriel Souza takes this. On the inside, you're like, yeah, Gavin, you yeah, got this. And that's and that's sort that's sort of where I'm at. Um, it would definitely be a pretty large upset to have. Oh, it would be awesome though. Gabe, Gavin beat him but he is a guy again we talked about it earlier kind of the lexicon of guys about the, the people that we cover on the show gavin is a guy kind of that we cover on occasion that is in that roster of guys that are on the rise that i have watched again in his runs on copa virginia i have watched him make consistent improvements you know throughout those tournaments in a series of matches over like the last year plus of watching him on those events and so it'll be very, very interesting. This is a match that I'm amped to see him in. Very interested to see how he does and then what he takes away from this match into the future because he and his brother are both on that pro circuit getting these big matches. So should be fun. That's about as non-picky as I can make it. You know, my, yep. my, my heart says Gavin. My, my mind says Gabriel's a tough dude to beat. Um, so that, I think, does it for this week. Uh, we've already done the EBI is not our favorite rule set rant. Josh, do you have any thoughts on either Felipe Pena versus Gordon, or because you're not going to be on next? And that's, I don't think you're on next week's show, right? No. Okay. Um, or on uh, the who's next final? Okay. Without first, getting too about, ranty, let's talk about Gordon Ryan putting up a hundred thousand dollars. Holy shit! Versus Felipe Pena's ten thousand dollars. It's like the balls. <laughs> He's like, I'll put up ten times the amount of your money. And I think it's hilarious because that is what a lot of people in the past have pointed to Gordon, not to cut you off completely, but I'm going to um, pointed to Gordon like, oh, I just want the match. Pen. It's like, bro, if you ever had a doubt that he wanted this match back, like listen to his interview last week and then you don't put up a hundred thousand dollars of your own money. 
And I don't think he got like a backer. I think I think it's like that's his money. I think it's his money. You don't put up a hundred thousand dollars because like he doesn't give a fuck about food base money. He just wants no because he's he if he wins he only gets ten thousand dollars. You get ten grand from that, which is which, and he, he probably has a contract with Flow, and there's all that all that stuff, and he gets paid. Again, I love seeing athletes get paid. That's why that's how you get professional. But like the, the upside for Felipe, it's just like you're about to make if you beat him again for the third time. The thing you're is, about he's to make, already beat him twice. twice. Like he has Gordon doesn't have a win on Felipe, and Felipe has. Oh, a, he wants so, it. He's like, he, this is how bad I want the match. Here's my money. That's some baller shit, dude. That is a level of confidence. I'm excited for it. Like I am. I'm genuinely. It, it is the. There's match. not going to be no time limit matches bef- before that match, right? Dude, there can't be. Is this so? This is no, is this no time limit again? I think there's probably like a 30 minute time limit, which is how it should be. Which is fine. We said this when we were watching it. It's like sub only is hard to do. Not yeah. a lot of people do it well. Mm-hmm. A lot of people try to take away, like who was really doing it forever, and like, oh, this is what started it. This is what started it. A We're lot of people want to make it a historical thing. Like, this is how it should be done. No. I, I said it online. Um, a lot of people who really love sub only haven't watched or done a lot of sub only. Because if, you, if you're on the if you're on the East Coast, specifically like in the DMV area, yeah, where Josh even and I like Charlotte and, and yep. things like that, U.S. Grappling r- ran true. So did Good Fight. Good Fight did it too. Oh yeah, that is because right. I have a. But 40- was that the was that the finals though, dude? I don't remember. That was the finals. I know I had a 45 minute match with a dude, a stinky gay. <laughs> but. U.S. Grappling sub only was legitimately yes. sub only. That is how you won, period. Mm-hmm. There was no overtime. There was no stopping. You went until you went, and that was it. And I mean, I remember doing those in like 2007 before anybody else was said They were like, this is dumb. Nobody will do this. This will never work. And guess what time we would get out? At about the same time a normal tournament would get out. <laughs> it did, like, yeah, you had your outlier matches. You know, yeah. I've. I Josh, I, I wrapped also, a brown belt match that was two hours and ten minutes long. Josh, I I coached a match that went on, and it was the last. They put they packed the mats up around it, and it was yeah. just these two dudes, one dude from our team, just them going, and they were white belts, and both of them didn't have good enough subs at the time to finish. I wrapped one of those. This was so long ago. That guy's before. a purple now. I've, That's how I've, long ago this was. I've refed like those white belt matches where I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. There so, were those times where you could literally like walk away, like not like walk away, but not really pay attention and know that neither of them were going to finish anything. I would also start calling points just for just to entertain myself yeah. after standing there for an hour. Rachel is a trooper because she has she videoed. It was just me and her went to Pennsylvania to this tournament. It was the finals of this division. And she has a 45-minute video of uh, the, the third match of the day for me in my first division of just in this no-gi match, of this gi match, of just like us, just 45, it's a 45-minute iPhone video of just this match where it's just her coaching and me just uh, not doing so hot and then eventually winning on a DQ because he heel-hooked me in the gi. And uh, he's like, go do that. It was a whole thing. And then I... But I yes. think my longest sub only match was like thirty eight minutes, forty five, and then on the day I had eighty nine minutes of mat time. On that, on that day that I did that one, I I had two like roughly thirty minute matches, Ooh. a twenty minute match, a fifteen minute match, a fifteen minute match, twenty minute match, and then like two three minute matches. Ooh. Yeah, it's, yeah, different time. Yeah. So overall, again, I I. I think and kind of think about this for another week. I definitely am happy that organizations do sub only no time limit. Dude, I that shit do is not. The beginning. Well, I'm saying I love what like Shugio did and who's next did. Like, hey, run them, run them closed door. I don't need to see them live. If I want to see the match, it's there. If two guys really want to put up the and goddamn have... match, one, you don't stop to let them get a drink. Yes, you don't. And even Adam you Bradley, don't let, Adam you Bradley don't let Instagram. them drink because they got an injury. Two, you don't stop the match 
I mean, you're an hour and a half, you're an hour and 39 minutes into it. You don't stop it and let it go for another 30 minutes Mm -hmm. not watching it. Like, if you're going to do that, you do one of two things. If I'm already invested, that's what my main, honestly, my main complaint was it, was last week. I'm in it. I've already watched 99 minutes of this match. Like, if I'm still here, like, you got me. Like, I watched Keenan versus Gordon live. Like I watched it on my phone at work. I watched it on my phone in my house. Like, if... If we're watching it, like I'm here, like I'm gonna watch the whole thing because that's what I'm doing. Like it is not is, my preference I to watch fell those matches before Gordon Ryan got on the mat. Yeah, I was like, oh, nope. So it's hard to do that shit on a Thursday. So I would like. I'm I'm very happy. I, again, I don't think Felipe versus Gordon is no time. If it is, I think it is because Gordon talked about like roughing him up for like thirty or forty minutes. I think it's no time limit. I think he said. I don't, if it's no time limit, that's that's going to be bad because he will try to just absolutely ragdoll him for as long as he feels like. Yeah. If that happens. And if not, Felipe's going to beat him up, which would be wild. Yeah, again, 100 it. grand though. Like I think that puts to bed any notion that Gordon didn't want the match. Oh, yeah, for sure. Even though it potentially still could have happened a few weeks past that at ADCC. Mm-hmm. So and it might happen again and again. This also affects the bracketing for ADCC because now you got to get those guys. They were going to be opposite anyway. Like this could only be who in ninety nine has Gordon not gone against? Um, Bones. I think he went against Bones, but maybe not. Maybe it's like Nogi Pants. No, I think Bones was, a, was he still brown belt? Might have someone ah twenty eighteen. Nogi Pants. <sighs> Josh, Look it I up. I can't do it right now. Look it up. It's. We, I got to put the show out in an hour. I do have to put the show out. Oh, really? Yeah, in an hour. <laughs> Look, we haven't messed anything up. You don't have to edit anything. This is like the longest outro section. It's it's great outro section. It's a great outro section. Wins, 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 wins. A lot of wins. lot of wins. So we're in 2022. So Pedro Mourinho, Jacob Couch, Wagner Hosha, Jimenez, Deniz. So Deniz is in there. Uh, Pedro's not at 99. Pedro's at under 99. Uh, Bame is in there. He's beat Bame. He's beat the Niz. Those guys. Oh, Deniz is at not ninety nine. He's Did, at eighty eight. He's eighty eight. Yeah, that was the two. Like. Uh, Tex Johnson's not in there. Lennox Bo Nichols not in there. Pajares. Uh Trator is not. Is he in ADCC? I think he is. I think he's not at plus ninety nine. Um, ben Hodgkinson, Gary Tonin, Bouchesha. We're at the last ADCC now. Tim Spriggs not ADCC anymore. At plus ninety nine. Hulk's in there. Yeah. He beat Hulk last ADCC. But Hulk's, Hulk's not at. Hulk's not at plus ninety nine. No. I'm just going through. Mourinho uh, again. Checo, Dominguez, Hosha, Souza, Gaudio. Gaudio's not a plus 99 either. Uh, uh, Yuri's not in. Cyborg. Cyborg. Was this the World's win? Yeah, this was the 2018 yeah. World's win, the DQ win for Cyborg. The previous one was Smack 2017. It. Draw, yeah, like we're getting into like the pants. Uh, Max Jimenez. He beat Jimenez at 2018. Twice. Uh, both both by Rene Kachoke and Pans 2018 in the ultra heavy and an absolute. We finally got in. to a loss. Vinny Magalhaes, ACBGJ 13. 2018. We're covering that on the show. Yes, I that do. was a weird match to cover on the show because it was I like do. Gordon lost. That was that was weird. He beat him by points. Huh? Vinny's really really game and knows exactly what to do. I just looked and I was like, when did when did Gordon beat Hodger Gracie? And I was like, oh wait, that's not Hodger Gracie. Right. That's that's him. Uh, Craig Jones, EBI fourteen in the overtime. Muhammad Ali, like Hamla Bahal, Felipe Pena. Jones. That was again yep. two thousand seventeen. Felipe Pena lost five years ago. Yeah. So that's the last. That's the last loss he doesn't have back, and the Vinny Magalhaes loss, and he wants both those back. And Vinny couldn't fight him because he had an MMA fight coming up. So, Wild. The, honestly, he has faced less people at plus 99 than I had thought. The match that kind of sticks out most for me is the Zhao Gabriel Hosha match because where he blew his own leg out because Hosha really leveraged his size. But he still beat him. He did beat him. Yeah, on points. Very close by one point or one by we, one penalty. We, it, we passed it. Yeah, we passed it. So. I forgot that he beat Barnett too. Mm hmm. Triangled him. Yeah. Yeah. Quintet. That was fun. So. Yep, that will be fun. Uh, let's move to the outro. I went on vacation this weekend. It was fun. Went to Canada. Went up and trained in Niagara. It was awesome. Met some friendly folks uh, at the gym. And generally had a good time at uh, Pasador Jiu-Jitsu Academy. It was super fun. Everyone was very, very friendly and had a very good time training. We trained actually both days we were up there. 
we dropped in. It was uh, it was awesome. Again, I, I would love that. I love that you can just do that. You can just email someone and be like, "Hey, we're in your area. Can we come train?" And mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh, you're cool." And it was cool. We we're like, "We're balanced." We're like, "Oh, sweet." And the guy knew actually had trained with uh, Phil Magrisse, who is the the, One head of the heads of, of, of balance. balance. Yeah, um, back in like the nineties. Yep. And it was cool. And he sent us a picture, and we sent him to Phil. And it's like, it's it's cool to uh, to be part of like this really like really very small community that is everywhere. And it was it was a unique experience to travel out of the country and train because that's actually the first time I've done that. I like how you're saying it's like out of the country, and then I'm like, well, technically, yeah, it's in Canada. I've it's been to Canada in like almost ten years. America's hat. Yeah, <laughs> very very friendly folks. It was awesome. So I got nothing else, Josh. Anything else? No. All right. As always in the show, I'm your host, Manager Ghost, Josh, and we are the Grappling Room. To see on the map, whatever it is, stay safe. If you like the show, please consider sharing it on Facebook with the folks at your gym. It's the best way that we grow the show and we really appreciate it. You can reach out to us on email. We also have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Google+. Plus. Until that shuts down. We have a website. If you have an event you would like to have us cover, please let us know. If you have a name, like most people do, and you'd like to have us stop butchering it, let us know. Reach out to us. The show is also available on YouTube, Spotify, in addition to iTunes and every other podcast service. We very much appreciate your time and thank you.